NHL draft going on. Got the Mets down 2-1, but it's all right. The Mets are going to be, it'll be fine. Steve Cohen's not panicking yet. This is good. And the Mets are a mess. Yeah, they are. Yeah. I love to see it personally, but um, I know that it's uh, it's not great for Tristan's business. No. (laughs) The angry Mets fans are uh, They did. I mean, I told It might actually be better for business. I told uh, this to Ashu, but we did four straight hours on Sunday uh, after the eighth inning debacle mm-hmm. against the Phillies where they were up, what, 6-3? And they gave up four runs in one hit. Yeah. Two hit by pitch, uh, two walks, one single. And uh, so we did four hours on, on Buck Showalter and his history of bullpen mismanagement. Four four hours, nonstop calls. Yeah. I heard people calling Justin Verlander and Max Scherzer bums. That's when you know it's bad in New York. Yeah. Max Scherzer Neither may bums, wave his no-trade clause. He should. I got two predictions for teams. There's a team on the north side of Chicago was, that could use another no. arm. Orioles, Rangers. I'm kidding. We don't want them. Two we teams. Don't need them. We'll take it back in D.C. Take that. Eric Eager is the VP of Sumer Sports, also host of the Sumer Sports Show. Jumps on with us now. And, you know, the conversation, it's going to continue as we get into the season as well. The AFC. The loaded AFC. And you got, we got teams at the top and te- that, are, that are established. You got young teams that are on the rise. I love the Jags this year. How do you look at the AFC as a whole and try to even decipher where we can go and what teams could be left out given all the talent that's there. Yeah, I think the, the first thing you have to do is probably throw the AFC South out. You can probably make a, a fairly decent claim that the Jaguars are, I mean, they're favored against the field in their own division, which is weird for a team that has won two division titles this millennium. But uh, they're, they're, you know, that, that division you can throw to the side. And then from there you have to kind of look, you know, in the, in the AFC East, it's probably a three-team race between Buffalo, New York, uh, and, and Miami. Uh, and then in the North, I mean, Pittsburgh's pretty good, but I think it's a three-team race between the Bengals, the Browns, and, and the Ravens. And then in the West, you know, everybody's going to talk about the Chiefs and obviously the Chargers. Uh, I think the Broncos are a team, you know, when you look at Sean Payton, that's the one you really have to look at. If this were the NFC, I think the Broncos would be a playoff team you know, even money or so in the markets right now. Right now, they're about two to one to make the playoffs. That's the one team where I'm looking. I'm saying, if there's any slack, if there's any injuries uh, in this conference, the the Broncos are the team I'm kind of eyeing as a, as a possible plus money pop in the in the market right now. I'm interested to get your thoughts on the Seahawks because they do add another wide receiver in the draft. Obviously, Geno Smith had the best year of his entire career nine years in like do you think that this and they have obviously two good running backs as well can they continue that success or do you think it was like a one-year blip on the radar no it's not and I think that division's worse coming into the season than it was going into last season the Cardinals last year had a win total of eight and a half they went well under that they're probably going to be the worst team in the league this year the Rams came into last year as the defending champions they're you know sitting there with a win total uh, you know, closer to you know, closer to six or so than 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 nine or ten, uh, and, and so those teams, you know, Seattle should be favored in in all four of those games. The Niners are going to go into the season with Sam Darnold, Brock Purdy, uh, and Trey Lance, so you know they're one kind of perturbation there uh, away from being weaker. So I, I think Seattle is you know a fairly strong play, and and in fact I think you know even money or so is probably a good a good bet for them to make the playoffs and two to one is a is a very good bet for them to win that division just because as you said Gino has gotten much better they've given him weapons the offensive line they got two tackles last year in the draft that played really well they're in year two and, and players close to the football take longer to mature generally so that's good the one question I have for them good corners with Woolen uh, and Witherspoon now 
Um, decent linebacker play. They get Bobby Wagner back. Where are they going to get a pass rush is really my question. Are you buying into the Lions this season, plus 140 to win the NFC North? Obviously, the Vikings win it last year, plus 280. Looks like they're heading more towards a rebuild. And then you have Green Bay, plus 350, and Chicago, plus 400 right now. Yeah, everybody likes you know Chicago right now as the as the team to tip tip off the the Detroit Lions. The Lions are favored to win the NFC. Well, they've never been favored to win the NFC North this time of year uh, until this year. Last time they were favored to win their own division was 1992. Um, so this is you know uncharted waters for the Lions. I do like I I would you know the the hot take of the offseason for me is I think Detroit vies for the one seed in the NFC. Um, be that as it may, I think if a team is going to battle against them. I think the sneaky one and the one you want to bet on uh, is Green Bay at seven to two there uh, to win that division. I think Jordan Love uh, with with Matt Lafleur. I think Lafleur gets way little too little credit for you know sort of resurrecting Rogers' career than he should. I think that defense. We all talked about that defense last year with Green Bay um, as being you know a, it could be a good unit. You're always almost a year behind on defense. Guys like Quay Walker, Devontae Wyatt, they take a little long to mature. I think Green Bay is the is the bet to make there, even yeah. though I do think Detroit wins the division. I do think they're one of the better teams in the entire conference. Do you think that it's better to go, you know, Matt LaFleur went 13-33 and 33 consecutive seasons. He never won coach of the year, never really got a look because he had Aaron Rodgers. Now you have what we think is going to be a rebuild year. Jordan Love, who sat for the last three years. You think it's a better bet maybe to go LaFleur 16-1 to 1 if you like Green Bay or even Eberflus 11-1 to 1 if you like the Bears to win the North better than those prices? I, that, that's a good point. I think the only issue with the coach of the year market, like last year, the coach of the year market that I really liked was was Kevin O'Connell's at around yeah. the same price, 20 to 1, 16 to 1. And, you know, the conference in the NFC is so weak that it, it's just hard sometimes for, for voters to go up and, and think that doing well in the NFC right now is all that impressive. So to me, that's the, the only leak. But yeah, I do like that a lot too. I think that he emerges as somebody who, you know, people, people take a second look at if they were to win. Uh, with Jordan Love, I, to me, uh, the, the bet maybe to make though it, it, even longer shot if, if that's your appetite is Jordan Love to win like MVP or to lead the league in passing or something like that because that to me uh, would be would be correlated with with Lafleur winning Coach of the Year and, and obviously would get a better payout. You know the NFC is. We talk about how wide open it is right now after, like, the top three teams, maybe. We know the NFL always has one or two worst to first or teams that make that big jump from one year to the other. Is there a team or two that you're kind of looking at saying this has to be that opportunity, especially in the NFC, like maybe Atlanta? Not, not, look, Atlanta not to win the NFC at, like, 28-1 to 1 or anything along those lines, but could you see maybe a jump with a, a team like Atlanta, maybe a team even like uh, Chicago in that sense? Yeah, I think Carolina might be the team to look mm -hmm. at. So, you know, they, they have a really good defense. They have good – yeah, Brian Burns is about as good as it gets. He's a pass rusher. They they put some scaffolding around that offensive line. Obviously, Bryce Young would have to mature. But Frank Reich has always – like last year was just an outlier for Reich. I think he's been a great coach. It's elevated the players around him uh, a lot. And then they go and get, you know, Thielen, Chark, uh, Hayden Hurst, uh, Miles Sanders to sort of kind of – build around him and and their you know Atlanta's rec, uh, schedule is about one point easier than the per game than the average team on a neutral field Carolina's second easiest in the NFL per our numbers uh, at about again point nine point you know basically a point easier per game so you're getting a point on the point spread easier per game uh, in their schedule so if Atlanta were to falter and that there's a number of different ways they can I mean Desmond Ritter's their starting quarterback uh, then I think the Panthers are the team that you want to buy into in that division you I don't think you want to bet any 
any of your hard-earned dollars on Derek Carr hosting a playoff game. <laughs> uh, and I think Tampa Bay is tanking this year. So, th- th- so those two teams are the ones I'd look at. Uh, and so just give me the one with the better payout. Brian Dable took this Giants team uh, that a lot of people, myself included, did not have very high expectations for and takes them to the playoffs. Uh, they did only average 200 passing yards per game. They had Darren Waller. Uh, and the Saquon thing is weird. I'm not sure like where they're at on that. But how do you think this offense evolves? And what do you think this Giants team is like in Brian Dable's second year as head coach? Yeah, the Giants were a clear example. They were the, they had the easiest schedule in the NFL going into the year. Um, kind of the same thing I just talked about with the Panthers. So that's an example. You know, they went over season win total of seven fairly easily. This year, it's going to be a little harder. The the schedule for the NFC East is not quite as easy. Um, you know, for them, it was just they they lack the wide receiver, so they just they just play, you know they just played that the cards that they were dealt, uh, and that was a lot of Daniel Jones running. That was a lot of Saquon Barkley. That was. Um, you know, a little bit of the tight ends. And, and, and I think now that you come into this season, uh, Hyatt from, from Tennessee is going to be kind of their version of what Marquez Valdez-Scantling is for the Chiefs, kind of try to take the top off of the defense, let Daniel Jones have more of the middle of the field. And then, you know, Darren Waller, the, the highest paid tight end in all of football, like he's going to be their version of Kelsey. I think it, they can probably eat, you know, eke out some a lot better offense just with those two component pieces. The question I think now is, with holdouts being the way they are in the NFL, um, where you really, if you're under contract, you really can't hold out. Can somebody like Saquon Barkley, who's technically not, um, can can he is he going to hold out for long enough with that franchise tag uh, to make it a little thorny for them in the backfield? The Chiefs' price to win the West makes complete sense because they're favored in all 17 games. They're minus 165. The Chargers plus 300. How do you feel about the Chargers coming into the season? I bought into them last year with J.C. Jackson and you know Cleo Mack, obviously, but. Um, they let me down. So how do you feel about them coming into the season this year? Yeah, I think famous last words are, I bought into the Chargers, right? Yeah. Like, I feel like that's like every single year. Uh, yeah, they disappoint. It's funny. Yeah, it's funny, but week one when they're, they're laying about a field goal at home against the Miami Dolphins, to me, I think that team, the team that wins that game is probably going to the playoffs, and the team that loses is probably not, uh, How and how weird the AFC is, uh, which is hard to say about a week one game, but that seems like the best game of week one. Uh, I'm, you know, the Chargers are always going to have good players. They're always going to have a great quarterback. I think the one, it, the one thing that is the is the thing that could propel them is Kellen Moore. I think Kellen Moore. You're talking about a guy who, while he was in Dallas, they they led the league in yards per play once. They won 12 games consecutive years. They won, you know, what was it, five out of six Cooper Rush starts. Like he's a pretty good play caller, and he comes in there. I I think. I think that that combination with him and Herbert's really going to do a good job, and, and they'll compete. Uh, it just depends, like, well, are they going to get injured again? Are they? Is Brandon Staley going to go from being relatively woke on fourth down to being uh, kind of weak on fourth down? And and so I think that there are tons of question marks there. I'm, you're never going to find me dead by, buying into the Chargers, but I do see the buy case for them. Talking to Eric Eager, BetMGM tonight. Philadelphia, the favorites to win the NFC East, minus 110. Dallas just behind him at plus 170. Giants, Washington, obviously way behind. Is this going to be finally the year that we have back-to-back NFC East champions? It hasn't happened since the Eagles back in 2004. Yeah, the, the Andy Reid, the middle of the Andy Reid era. That That's a um, good question. I think the Eagles had an opportunity to take a step back this offseason with so many free agents and losing both coordinators. You know, coming out of it, they really only lost Javon Hargrave, Isaac Selmalu, one of the, the guards. Uh, the I Dallas, I think, took a 
took a bigger step back losing Kellen Moore. So to me, it's more, it's closer to a coin flip. So I don't know if I, if I had to bet, I would bet Dallas. Um, But I, to me, I'm kind of stepping away from this one because there's so much uncertainty. How much does Hurts, you know, does he get injured? I mean, he got injured at the end of last season and uh, you know, how much can their defense hold up? You know, how many, uh, you know, what, what happens when they get two new coordinators on both sides of the ball? Uh, There's just a lot of uncertainty there. I don't see Washington and New York, uh, competing for it and Dallas always has kind of meltdown potential but you know give Mike McCarthy credit two straight years with 12 wins uh, you know that's something that I don't think many people will give him credit for but it is something that they've done and they go they got Brandon Cooks which is the deep threat that kind of you know kept them from being an elite offense last year when Dak uh, came back so I don't know it's it's a tough one I, I don't know if if I can make a bet here but I, I do think that it's probably closer to Dallas than the market implies. I want to talk about uh, or get your thoughts on Baltimore. I really like the fact that they got Todd Munkin. Munkin, it feels like that's going to change this offense completely. You get two new wide receivers for Lamar. Assuming Lamar stays healthy, what do you think a reasonable expectation for Baltimore is? Yeah, I mean, they should compete for the AFC North title. I mean, they were they were pro- they were the favorites for the division when Lamar got injured. So um, if he stays healthy, it's the sky's the limit. Munkin when he got his opportunity to call plays in Tampa Bay, Ryan Fitzpatrick led the league in yards per pass attempt. So that's, that's the, like the ceiling is really good offense in Baltimore. One of the issues you have to be worried about is in a division where, you know, you have Cleveland, you know, has Amari Cooper and Elijah Moore and David Njoku and, and Pittsburgh that has, you know, Fryermuth, Deontay Johnson, uh, George Pickens, and obviously the great receivers in Cincinnati have the, has the secondary atrophied too much for, uh, you know the Baltimore Ravens. No Chuck Clark. No no Marcus Peters. Uh, Marlon Humphrey's a year older. They did get Roquan back. Uh, you know which is nice. But you know in the pass rush, are guys like uh, Adafe Owe uh, going to actually emerge? Can can uh, I, I'm forgetting his name from from Michigan? Can he come? Uh, David Njabo, Can he come back from that Achilles and be effective uh, like like they want him to be? I think defense is the bigger question mark for the Ravens. Which in a Love self mutilation. I never betting. buy into either team. You love to hurt yourself on purpose, yeah, and then you regret it later. I cannot wait till week four of the NFL season when you're going. I conference that has so many good quarterbacks that could be the league for them. Yeah, I think that's the one big question everybody still has, though. More than anything, is if Lamar Jackson's healthy for an entire season, man, what does that team actually look like? I've been on that Ravens bandwagon a couple years, and they just keep. They just they can't stay healthy the entire season. Eric Eager, the VP of Sumer Sports, host of the Sumer Sports Show. Thanks for coming on with us again. That was good. Hey, thanks for having me on.